Hey everyone, it's Lauren and Mark. Welcome to episode number 70 of the Loose Lugs Racing Podcast. We got another great one in store for you. Uh, Mark, we're going to talk to Derek Krause in this one. We're going to hear from ARCA Daytona winner Greg Van Alst. We're going to recap Las Vegas and also look forward to Phoenix. Uh, when I think of the number 70, I think of Brady Bill in the super late model. Chris Trickle ran the 70. Uh, how about the late Teddy Bear Allman in the Wisconsin sport truck up here at Wisconsin International Raceway? Uh, unfortunately, we we lost him recently. I uh, think about him often. Uh, also, J.D. McDuffie, the late J.D. McDuffie as well. Johnny Sauter was in the 70 car for a while. And how about Joanna Long, who I wish had a bigger break and that team didn't fold that she was within the Xfinity series because she is truly a good talent. I didn't realize Johnny Sutter was in that car that often with that number 70. It just doesn't ring a bell with me. Um, yeah, you got all my 70s that I got. There was only one for us older older people. How about Jerry Smith from Medina? He's the, he was Fox River champion many years. And, uh, you know, Jerry Smith Medina, you know, because they always call him Medina Smith because J.J.'s real name was Jerry Smith back in the day. So it was Jerry from Appleton and Jerry from Medina. Always uh, Jerry Smith from Medina, always had the U.S. oil uh, sponsorship, always a red number 70, and always rather fast. We've said a few times that these numbers are becoming hard and hard to find drivers that you think of right off the top of your head, but this one uh, was a little easier than uh, the last few. Yeah, well, it's the seven in front of there. You know seven's lucky number seven, so that's maybe an idea to start your number with a seven. Well, now that we listed all that, how about we uh, get into the podcast? All right, let's do it. Let's do it. Well, let's go to our first guest on the hotline here. It's been a while since we've had him on. Uh, we're talking about Derek Krause here. Derek, thanks for joining us once again. How are you doing? Good. How about you guys? Hey, Derek. How are you, man? Uh, where are you? Are you back home or are you down south? Where are you at, man? Uh, I'm actually down in North Carolina right now, uh, just hanging out and doing some sim work. Awesome. Is that sim work with... Uh, with Chevy, or what details can you give on that? Uh, I do simulator work for, uh, well, what's now Legacy, EGMS. So uh, that's, that's what's been keeping me busy down here, and it's, it's been a lot of fun. Wow, that's uh, that's awesome. When did that come about? Uh, I've been doing it for quite some time. Uh, I've been doing it for uh, since probably the middle to quarter part of the season last year. Yeah, I've been in some of your eye races with you, Betty Bob, in the uh, Arca series, man. I can't keep up with you, man. You're good at it. 
Uh, hey, let's talk about uh, Daytona a little bit. You got a ride with Young's Motorsports there in the number 20 truck. Start 11th, finish 18th. Tell us about your day at Daytona. Uh, yeah, we were just kind of went in there with a strategy and just to kind of ride and just kind of try to stay out of the mess, and that's what we were doing. We really didn't expect the rain to, to do what it did. It uh, it was one of those rains where it's just just heavy enough to get everything wet, and uh, that's what happened. And unfortunately, we were, we were still riding. I felt like there was going to be a – another wreck or two so we were trying to just save our stuff and uh be there at the end and the rain came and it was about 18 laps too early as of right now it was reported to be a one-off race uh are there discussions to do possibly more uh, i mean we're definitely definitely working on things uh i'm not sure what what it'll be in yet but uh we're we're working on things to try to get getting something good and uh, try to just be in the car as much as possible. We're definitely going to be running the, the late model back at home as much as we can, and uh, we'll, we'll start that off in, in March here coming up uh, at, at Pensacola. Yeah, I see you're signed up for Pensacola down there. you got some experience around there. See how that week goes for you, huh? Yeah, for sure. I'm looking forward to it. That'll be a good good weekend for sure with, with the inaugural race of the, the, Stars, race, the Stars Tour and uh, well, I guess we'll we'll see how that goes. I feel like it'll be a lot of really good competition, and 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 it's gonna be a it's gonna be a good race and good race to watch too. Yeah, short track racing ramping up here, like you said. Uh, uh, Pensacola Five Flags coming up March 11th. There, um, you know, you had some really good runs last year. I would say maybe even the most consistent uh, year that we've seen out of you in the Super Late. What? Uh, what went into that, do you think? I remember your great run at Oktoberfest coming up runner-up. Um, did you focus on more of the short track stuff, or what did you find? Um, to be honest, I don't, don't really know. I you know, I was not wondering the same thing, but all of a sudden, one race, we started, we clicked on something, and we just kind of took off from there. I feel like our late model stuff has definitely improved a lot, and uh, it's been a lot of fun to be able, never that it wasn't, but been a lot of fun to be able to go home and race and know everywhere that we unload we're, we're going to be competitive you said you're going to be doing some more racing in the super late model maybe more at, up at home are you planning on running the midwest tour majority what does your schedule look like uh, as far as up here goes uh, I, I can't like I, to be honest and honestly we're probably just going to hit all the all the big ones again for sure and then some other pick and choose races that, that we haven't been able to rock the past couple of years because of the truck stuff. So uh, we're going to do everything that we can and just try to make sure that everything's right when we do go. And I feel like my dad, my dad works really hard on the car. And then also Cam Melbinger and Darren, uh, they're all working really hard on it. And uh, it'll be good when I, when I want to come off and race. Here's a question back uh, to the NASCAR side. Hey, working for uh, Young Motorsports now that that you've been in there, can you see the drastic differences from the team that you came from? Uh, no, I mean everyone's everyone does the same stuff. Uh, everyone everyone works really hard on their trucks to try to make them as good as they possibly can, and uh, that's that's everyone's goal. So uh, we're they were they worked hard. They did everything they could, and the truck was actually pretty good. We just like I said, we we're just riding, trying to trying to be there at the end. So 
Uh, we're, we, I was really happy with it. I mean, I wasn't happy with the finish, but I was happy with how the truck was. And uh, hopefully we can get something else going. What challenges are you uh, facing with trying to get something together? Is it truly coming down to money or sponsorship? Uh, you've had decent seasons in the truck prior. You've barely missed the playoffs a couple of years in a row, but ran well uh, for the most part, even when the playoffs started. So what challenges are you facing? Uh, certainly money. Uh, that's what it comes down to, to be honest with you. It's it's uh, money that, that you need to have to fund, fund the truck and, uh, that's what we're struggling to find. So uh, we're working hard with that every day, and just to try to find something, and uh, hopefully we can we can get something in the works. What goes into all the simulation work that you've been doing? I'm really intrigued by by that. Uh, how often do you go? What what do you guys work on? Uh, I'm there every every Tuesday and Thursday, pretty much uh, all day, just because that's. I mean, that's basically their practice now. They don't really get a ton of practice. And uh, when they – they really not – I mean, they can adjust quite a bit, but not as much as they used to be able to with the older cars. So uh, the, the sim is the closest thing that they can get to practice, and they, they use that as much as they possibly can. And uh, it's, it's been a huge uh, – I learned a lot from all the, all the engineers, and it's definitely been eye-opening to see – all the all the hard work that goes into that. Are there some races uh, on the schedule as far as NASCAR, whether that be Xfinity or, or truck, that you're kind of trying to get something together? I know obviously Milwaukee up here for the trucks, Road America, Xfinity. Uh, any races other than those, or maybe you can allude on those that you're trying to hit on? Um, I mean, definitely Milwaukee would be really cool to be able to run. Uh, it's it's like you said, it's a home race. So it's, it'd be really special to be able to run that race. And, uh, just, I mean, really, really anything would be good to run, uh, just to try to stay in it, uh, as much as I can and, uh, try to prove myself. So that's my plan and, uh, we'll, we'll do everything we can do. Well, Hey man, uh, we appreciate the, the time here. Uh, we hope to have you again uh, sooner rather than later. Hope something comes together for you. Uh, we appreciate all that you've done for us. So uh, thanks again, man, and we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, thank you guys for having me on. All right, man. Hopefully we'll see you at the icebreaker at the Dells next month there, buddy. Yep. Thank you. Mark, it was awesome to hear from Derek Krause. It's been a while since he's been on, like we said hoping that he gets something uh, together here shortly. Sounds like he's got a couple irons in the fire. So um, hopefully something to come together here soon for him. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to have to be patient. See what, you know, all the seats got filled and he, uh, he's pretty much looking on the outside. Good to see he's still around the super down at uh, Pensacola. So yeah, we'll see where he, Hey man, they know who he is, man. He's uh, um, I'm sure he can pick up a ride here pretty soon. Looked like that truck at Daytona was continuing to progress forward. Unfortunately, the weather just kind of hampered him, uh, but still a good showing. Yeah, for sure. Yep. Well, we'll hear from Greg Van Elsta a little later here. Let's get into the Las Vegas weekend. Let's starts with the camp, or excuse me, camping world, Craftsman Truck Series. There's a right. habit you got to break, huh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's one. Um, <laughs> uh, 
boy, the crews had a tough time getting to the track. Some teams had backup crews to start the race. Yeah, and they were running when they got in there, you know, and uh, during the race when Kyle Busch had his pit, he had some backup guys doing that. You just kind of watch just how dysfunctional it was, and he ended up even with a loose tire and had to come back in and tighten it all down before the crews got there. Yeah, apparently the plane broke down somewhere, so they were quite delayed there. Yeah, and and speaking of Kyle Busch, how about Kyle Busch Motorsports qualifies first, second, and third? Yeah, well, that doesn't surprise you with that team, does it? But, hey, all in Chevys, you know. Yep, new. That's that's the thing. Although we talked to Ty about it, and we knew it previously that not much changes, really, just the yeah. part and tail part of the body there. But uh, you just mentioned it. Kyle Busch's crew had an adventure of a stop before the normal crews provided. They took 20-some seconds and still had that loose tire that you were talking about. It looked dysfunctional, did it? It looked like you and I out there trying to pick up a tire and throw it underneath the wheel well and put it on there, and it was, yeah, it was kind of kind of crazy. Then the next time when they came in, you could see how professional they were, how easy it was, snap, snap, and it was good. Yeah. Uh, a heck of a save by Christian Eckes when he got to the inside of Ty and with that arrow that can really mess the truck up more than other vehicles, I feel like. And it's amazing that he didn't lose it. Uh, a few laps earlier, Sanchez got loose underneath Ty and got in the wall a little bit. Both got into Ty a little bit, but uh, wasn't too bad for him. It wasn't too bad, but boy, talk about close. You know, that both times there was a little bit of contact there. So, yeah, Ty was dodging a bullet where guys losing it on the inside of him. And speaking of Ty, uh, we'll hear from him after Atlanta. He's got a busy schedule. Let's we'll give him another week or two, and then we'll uh, recap everything that he's got going on, including the super late model. Uh, Zane Smith would go on and win the stage over Ty, Benedetto, and Finger, Carruth, Kraft, and Rhodes, Josevar, Chastain, and Gray. Yep, 38 up front again. Yep, the champ keeps rolling along, ain't it? Sure does. Uh, stage two, kind of a caution fest to end the stage. Uh, the last incident involved involved Nemechek after Deegan and Eckes made contact, kind of a three-wide deal there. She spun and caught him in the right rear, and he goes hard into the wall. Chastain got a piece of that. Deegan would go on and hit the inside wall. She was a little bit of a pinball in there in between them two, and it's just kind of like, and I, I'm sure in the wake of them other trucks, I'm sure the air was just crazy and um, yeah, and it was on after that, and she had she had some massive uh, uh, um, damage on that on that truck. And of course, I had Nemechek picked, who looked like he was coming forward a little bit, but unfortunately, he had nowhere to go. No, no, so it was on right there. But um, yeah, that's uh, kind of a little mini big one on the back stretch back there. Wiped out a few vehicles there. Yep. Uh, the stage went under their caution. Hosevar takes it over Rhodes to Benedetto, Purdy, Enfinger, Crafton, Carruth, Grala, Gray, and Ty. Then in the uh, final stage of the race there, they really fan out on those uh, restarts, and I wonder sometimes how they make it work in the corners. They're four wide sometimes, dude. Yep, yep, and it's, it's a tight four wide and just getting it, and they hold it, and it keeps going. Yeah, Ty got busted for um, loose tire there at the uh, at the stage, so he ended up starting in the back of the third stage. Kyle Busch, no surprise there, he would go on and win the race over Zane Smith, 
Rhodes, Haim, Ty, Eckes, Hosevar, Purdy, Enfinger, and Garcia. You mentioned the speeding penalty. If Ty doesn't have that speeding penalty, he might have some for Kyle Busch because he came a long way, and he was one of the fastest trucks on the track. Yep, that's for sure. Yeah, that third stage, that went caution-free, so that's how that ended up. So, uh, yep, Kyle Busch in his, in his new Chevy wins uh, wins the race. That was my pick, by the way, and I'll take them two points. Ka-ching! <laughs> yeah, yeah, congratulations to you. Uh, don't, don't rub it in there, buddy. All right. <laughs> oh, I'm just kidding. Uh, boy, in ten- entertaining race though. The trucks at Las Vegas. They, they, I like the show that they put on there. Trucks always put on a good show, dude. I, yeah. That's why I always look forward to the truck race. For sure. Yep. The Xfinity series then goes uh, to Las Vegas as well. Nemechek spins Kligerman on lap four. Kind of interesting. Tucked up underneath him. Looked somewhat intentional. Maybe some frustration coming out of the Nemechek uh, camp there. I uh, yeah, I question mark that. Just like, what are you doing? Just I don't know if there was something frustrating that happened a lap before he got chopped or whatever. But yeah, he drove him underneath there. It was a simple, uh, simple slide down into the apron and give him a big safe down there for for Klingerman. But yeah, that was early for that much of aggressive racing. And I know Klingerman uh, didn't make too many friends out there at Daytona, especially. So maybe there's something uh, happened earlier and either auto club or, or Daytona there something there. Yeah. Like you say, it looked uh, obvious or uh, on purpose and uh, yeah, it kind of did, but uh, yeah, thought that was awful early for that kind of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Nemechek would go on and win the stage of all things. Elgire Hill, Chandler Smith, Herbs, Temrick, Bush, Sammy Smith, Creed and Barry would round out the top 10. You know, uh, the 16 there, Chandler Smith just could not keep that car low, and um, otherwise he would have won that stage. It was getting to be a long run, and he faded there, um, kind of a whole kind of day for him, and he finished fourth there. But, yeah, there was obvious he couldn't hold it down on the white line, especially in three and four. Josh Berry had his hands full as well and eventually spins off of turn four. Yeah, that was my pick, and I was holding my breath going, don't take the splitter off, and it shaved across there, and it didn't take the splitter. Um, Quite the slide by Josh Berry. Yeah, uh, you go through the grass, and you never know what you're going to get. Yeah, well, he tried to stay off the 98 off off a Herbst off a turn four, and, uh, yep, she cracked loose on him and went flying through the grass, so. And then uh, Carruth, or excuse me, Elgeyer gets a restart penalty late in the stage. After he took the lead, he went below the line before the start-finish line. Unbelievable. That was a penalty. So, <laughs> yep. All of a sudden, just like, what did he do? And then when he did a replay, like, you know what? That's a rule. And uh, like Harvick said in, on the, in the broadcast, he goes, well, that's a lesson for all us guys. You know, you, you kind of, you've got a lot of things on your mind that's going on, and that's just one more thing that you got to remember. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Kruth spins. The stage will end under caution due to that. Hill takes it over Jones, Bush, Mayor, Sammy Smith, Chandler Smith, Herbs, Custer, Moffitt, and Creed. Yeah, they talk about vibrations, you know. Um, actually, Nemechek did have a loose tire, and uh, so they, what they do, they put scuffs on. They put, you know, the leftover scuffs so they'd have a fresh set of tires for stage three. But uh, 
Brandon Jones, man, where did he come from? He looked like at the stage two, so that's the guy you got to beat. Um, yeah, and he finished second there, but he, he kind of killed himself later in the race. Yeah. Uh, Sammy Smith spins coming to pit road and actually bumps the wall and drags it into someone's pit stall. No caution there. It was something that wasn't really featured. It was something that they showed before they went to a caution break. But there was a crew that was engaged on a car in the next pit stall. That was close to it. If somebody would have been pitting in one pit stall back behind her, he would have clobbered them. Yeah, and I said caution break. I went. I meant commercial break. Commercial break. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that was uh, awesome. They showed it, and it happened a, a few laps earlier. We're like, wow, was that close? Yeah, that was too close for comfort. Yep, there was a crew that was engaged right, right in front of there. They were looking, but they didn't. They didn't give up their their chores. No, <laughs> them them crew crew guys and women are are crazy, man. It's amazing what they do, man. Unbelievable. Mm. Yep. Uh, Austin Hill passes Chandler Smith coming back to the white flag and holds off Justin Elgire to win. What an incredible last 10 laps to finish. Man, at Chandler Smith, he had the fastest car, but then all of a sudden just didn't have the long run speed. And it seemed like all three stages, it was obvious that he was fast. And then all of a sudden, just at the end of the stage or the end of the race, he was uh he had his tongue out trying to make it, and he just got too tight for him, man. And, yep, he got beat at the end. So it was Hill, Elgeyer, Chandler Smith, Bush, Barry, Nemechek, Mayer, Herbst, Creed, and Hemrick. And just like Ty, we mentioned in the truck race that was coming a long way, Barry came a long way, too, and was one of the fastest cars on the track. He would settle for fifth, though. Yep, he got fifth. And, uh, yep, that was my pick. He was trying to catch your pick, uh, Kyle Bush. And I was watching the timer go down. And he was he was consistently putting out the same laps as the leader, but just didn't have enough time to get fourth place. So, yeah, good fifth place out of him. For sure. Well, before we get into the cup race there, there was some news that broke uh, before, before that. Chase Elliott will be out multiple weeks due to fraction as tibia and having to have surgery, and Josh Berry would fill in. Eventually, the news comes out that it was a snowboarding accident. Uh, later on, um, they would announce that Josh Berry will be in the car for every track besides Coda coming up, and Jordan Taylor will be in for Coda. I think that's very cool. Jordan Taylor, I'm excited to see what, what he does. Of course, he's a sports car and uh, ace and uh, road road course ace, so very cool that he'll be in the Coda truck uh, at Coda, but Chase Elliott, unfortunate news for him. Yeah, like you said, breaking news. And I just like, yeah, breaking ankle news. So, um, and now the debate comes out is um, should he get, you know, a waiver for the playoffs? And, uh, you know, should these guys be doing this? You know, back in the day, Hendrick wouldn't let nobody race. And then, you know, um, um, he always, he doesn't uh, – he lets them go drive, go race now. Now that Larson came along, um, I, I what, what's your feelings, Lauren? It's just like I, you can't tell these drivers on their off time what they can and cannot do. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I work is such a grind, and especially when you're traveling like that, you're in the shop, you're doing so many things. 
throughout the week. Then you're traveling on the weekends, going back and forth. It's a grind. And I think it's therapeutic for these guys to go out. And for Kyle Larson, his therapy is to go race sprint cars. Well, for Chase Elliott, his therapy is snowboarding and maybe hopping in a late bottle or whatever else. I think it's fine that they do it. Uh, I think it's good that they do it. They should all be allowed to do something. When you talk about the waiver, I think the precedent has been set that they'll that he'll get a waiver. They haven't officially announced it and probably won't until he's clear to come back. But when you talk about that, Tony Stewart injured in a uh, sand buggy incident gets gets a waiver. That's not a NASCAR or racing-related injury. Uh, Kyle Busch was at a NASCAR track uh, that he got injured at. Um, so the waiver was probably more justified to some of uh, the race fans out there more than that, although I'll say even his championship has been questioned with an asterisk uh, out of some people there since he won the championship that weekend. Yeah, I he had to win one three or four years later to shut the people up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think it's a good thing that they have the waiver in place. You know, it, it makes these guys live. And, and girls live somewhat of a normal normal life, be able to do things and not get back in the car and be unsafe. Back in the day, you're talking, you know, wasn't it uh, Ricky Rudd had to tape his eyes open? Uh, you know, you might force these drivers to get back in unsafely and do things that you just shouldn't shouldn't be doing. So we don't want to go back to that. So I think the waiver waiver is fine. What are your thoughts on the waiver? I agree with it. I agree totally. You know what? He's going to be out six, eight, seven weeks, let's say six weeks. Hey, to get into playoffs, he's still got to go win a race. And so now he's been out of the car, you know, so that's going to, you know, it's going to be behind a little bit. Hey, if he can turn around the last few uh, races before week 26 and he wins a race, well, then kudos to him. He's in. Well, how about this? Um you know, you were thinking that if you win a race, you're in no matter what. Well, that might not happen. And it's so that is not the case. However, it's still it's still 16. But what if they get more than 16 winners, including Chase Elliott? Then he better and, win too. And Chase better win too because he's going to be buried yeah. in the points for missing weeks. And now that tiebreaker, uh, he's not going to have it. So he's going to have to win multiple races. Okay, so if he can win two races, well, then he deserves to be in the playoffs. Yeah. Simple. Yep. Yeah. So that, that was brought up on SiriusXM actually about the – I think it was Chocolate Myers and John Roberts. They didn't even consider that even if he wins a race that he might not be in the playoffs even though the top 30 doesn't apply anymore because they could have more than 16 winners. The – the scenarios are endless. Uh, I think we'll see what NASCAR for sure decides, but I think if they give them the waiver, it, it's okay. They will. NASCAR fans will scream they, bloody murder if they don't. Yeah, well, they will. But And, again, you go off of not not that precedent is everything, right? We've seen NASCAR uh, and other sports go away from precedents before. In, in fact, you look at uh, – you know, when, when Jeff Gordon takes out Clint Boyer at Phoenix, no suspension. And then you look at uh, uh, Bubba Wallace uh, spinning Kyle Larson, and he gets a suspension. So precedence isn't everything. They can 
uh, venture away from that. So I still think they'll give him it, but uh, I think due to the precedent, uh, I think that's well set and people are familiar with their stance on it. So he'll get a waiver. Yeah. You know, and it's not just Chase Elliott, but you know, the rest of the crew and the team, you know, is still involved, you know, they shouldn't be penalized, you know, if if they can, if they could do their job and get Chase to get out there and win a race. I mean, this, it is a team sport, not single like that. So it's not only Chase, but it's also the team itself too. That's an interesting thing because I think about that too, but then, you could say, well, he's still going to get owner points because someone else is driving the car. So that's where the team aspect comes in. It NASCAR is in an interesting spot compared to stick and ball sports because of driver championship. It's a team sport. They got the owner championship, so they're in a there's a strange spot with how it all works. But I think as long as they're consistent, even if a bottom guy, you know, that, uh, a field filler like that, and if he ends up getting injured or whatever like that, but still has a charter, they should treat it just the same way as a, as a, as a superstar in the sport, too. Be yeah. Consistent. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree for sure. Uh, just hope uh, well wishes out to Chase Elliott. Hope he, hope he gets better soon. Yeah, he just had surgery, three-hour surgery. That's kind of a major surgery for a – uh, broken leg, so yeah. But I'm uh, I'm hearing somewhere from six to eight weeks, so he'll be out. Yep, that's what uh, that's what I heard too. So, um, good luck to Josh Berry. Cool that Josh Berry gets a uh, uh, under bad circumstances, but cool that Josh Berry gets a gets a shot here and and Jordan Taylor, like we mentioned. So, uh, be cool to see what they do in the car now. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that was uh, Barry. Barry looked like he was having a, a heck of a weekend there. Yeah, he, he got into the fence and and had other issues that was going on there. So quite challenging to get in that brand new car. Yeah, he had some electrical issues. They were saying so. Even though it looked like he was down and and just not performing while well, the the car was going through a lot of issues. Yeah. So, but yeah, and his teammates look how his teammates all did. So you know, it tells you he he does have a decent car. Oh, for sure. Uh, in stage one, we'll get back to the racing here. Uh, Kyle Busch brushes the wall. It was a uh, it was a pretty good slap there. Steering wheel was not in sync. He said it was about uh, at uh, it was kind of like turned over. So, um, pretty decent slap. Yeah, he hit her pretty good. That was uh, that was my guy. I saw that come out of there. Hey, pretty windy there, man. And they were kind of concerned about the wind and the gusty winds that were there. Do you know the last 30 spring races, the leader of lap one did not win that race? And uh, and this year's leader at lap one was uh, Joey Logano. So <laughs> I thought that was an interesting stat that Mike Joy came out with at the beginning of the race. Mike Joy is such a statistician. It's awesome to hear from him. I just like 30 races. You're, t- you're telling me the, all 30 races in the spring, the lap leader at lap one did not win the race. And it keeps right on going, man. Keeps going, yep. Uh, William Byron would go on and win the stage over his teammate Larson, Chastain, Bell, Hamlin, Truex, Bowman, Wallace, Bush, and Brad Kozlowski. Yeah, you know – one thing that I noticed too that uh, how they used to get in. Remember, Las Vegas was the hardest pit to get, ever get on, and uh, next to Darlington, it was always the toughest one. These guys sure have a way of uh, of getting on and off that pit road. 
with all the dirt on that track. I mean, and being aggressive, it's amazing how some of them guys fly off the racetrack and, you know, and get on pit road. Las Vegas is unique for that. Oh, yeah, and how far they push it. I mean, you saw, I think it was the Xfinity race, not to go back to that, but how far Kyle Busch was was pushing it coming onto pit lane. That's uh, that's crazy. Yeah, so that's always interesting to see that. But, boy, they've sure gotten perfected to get on and off that pit road. Yep. Uh, Logano would slap the wall coming out of the stage there. Bush almost does as well again. Byron would go on and sweep the stages over Larson, Bowman, Truex, Bell, Wallace, Chastain, Hamlin, Brad Kozlowski, and Harvick. Yeah, so all in all, um, quite a lot of action for the first uh, first stage in that race, man. Yeah. Going into the, the final stage here, uh, Bush, Kozlowski, Logano were three wide. Logano slaps the wall and spins through the grass, actually got airborne. Uh, the crash clock would expire and end his day. Uh, in my opinion, it looked like Brad just squeezed him a little bit. If you look where Brad was at at the end of the corner after Logano was already up in the wall and behind him, Brad was tight up against that wall. Clinton Mike didn't see it that way, though. Danica did. What are your thoughts on that incident? It looked like yeah, Kesel. Well, it was three wide, and Keselowski looked like he was tight, and and just and Logano was in the marbles, and the angle that he went in, and he clobbered it, boy. And then, uh, you know, Stenhouse just about buried him and just missed him as he flew across the flew across the bow and went off into the grass. So, um, yeah, <laughs> tight race and three wide man didn't work that time. Yeah, and it wasn't intentional from Brad or anything. I hope I didn't come off as that. It just looked like three wide, tight racing. Brad kind of just had to go there, and um, unfortunate for, for Logano there. But um, what are you going to do? That's racing. And it did enough damage where Logano couldn't fix it, and he was done for the day. Yep. Then Elmerola smacks the wall late and sets up a green-white checker. Uh, Larson looked like he was going to go on and win this race. He got the lead and uh, was leading the last few laps, quite a bit laps, actually, uh, in the final stage. There, Truex stays out. He was the only one to stay out. Yep. Well, it's Las Vegas, man. So uh, do a little gamble and see if it worked. Yeah, let's go. Uh, let's go gamble. Uh, shake the dice a little bit and see what happens. Uh, Byron would get by Truex, who actually did a phenomenal job by staying up front as long as he did, uh, and Byron gets the win. He would lead 176 laps, but heartbreak for Larson uh, as he was leading before the caution, obviously. Yeah, with his teammates, it's okay. But, uh, yeah, all in all, you know, Byron had clean air all day long, and finally all of a sudden when the start of that stage three, he was in dirty air. It was going to see how that was going to work for him. But you know what? We've always said, hey, the fastest car won today, and that uh, that we can say that for Vegas. I believe that the fastest car won that race on Sunday. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It was between him, him and Larson because Larson was up there uh, all day as well. But um, there was a wreck coming to the checker on the backstretch. No caution. They actually let it go and finish the race. Elmendinger, Jones, McDowell, Priest, Briscoe, Dylan, Kozlowski involved. Yeah, yeah, that was going on in the back, but apparently they kept the green out, which was which was just fine with me. Uh, but it was all a good call. Hey, do you know with William Byron? Do you know his last win, last time he won was at Martinsville in the spring race last year, 
And if you look back, he has only had one top five ever since then. And the only one that he had was at the, the fall Bristol race was a top five. That is a shocker. I could not believe that Byron didn't have that good of a season last year. That is shocking. I didn't realize that. I, I would have bet money that that was not the case. One top five since last his last win in Martinsville? Unbelievable. Oh. Bet on that wow. in Vegas and see what you get. Wow. Yeah. Um, so it was Byron, Larson, Bowman, Wallace, Bell, Sindrick, Truex, Haley, Harvick, and Suarez. Uh, Hendrick goes one, two, three there. And it's also the first season since 2010 that a manufacturer has won the first three races of a season, which was also done by Chevrolet back in 2010. Yep. So how about Cindric at sixth? Didn't talk about him all day. But you know how them Penske cars that are in Vegas are usually pretty stout. And uh, to the sixth place, just like, wow, where did he come from? And uh, eight of 31 also, he uh, gets an eighth place. That was a good shot for him. Um, yeah. Even even seeing Harvick get in the top 10 was refreshing also. Yeah, I was just going to mention Haley, good run by him as well. Suarez gets back into the top 10. How about Bubba Wallace with a fourth? Uh, he was running good last year before that incident with uh, Kyle Larson. Uh, Bell coming around a little bit after his rough start to the season. So um, some new faces up front here at Las Vegas, which you would think the first true mile and a half, this would be a good barometer to see who is going to be do well during the season. Yep, that's what the, the, the most of the schedule is mile and a halves. So we can kind of see right there that, you know, the, I wrote and told you, I said, I think the Fords need to do a little bit of homework. They're, they're struggling. They're a little bit behind right now. So, um, but yeah, that was kind of a barometer to see where we're at with the mile and a halves. Yeah, I wanted to talk about that. Where were the Fords all day? I had Logano, obviously he wrecked, but I mean, Wow, I haven't noticed a manufacturer be that bad or in a deficit in a long time. I mean, they were just barely making the top 10 there. Yeah, you know, and, and you know, uh, 22 there. He had uh, um, Logano had the uh, had the pole, and <laughs> um, we didn't talk about Burton when he destroyed his car, and it was another Ford that got he uh, got wiped out in um practice but uh yeah the fords just like holy smokes they're not even in the top 10 halfway through the race like what's going on with the fords here so um might be a little bit concerning for the mile and a half for them yeah yeah absolutely some things to work on for sure um well before we end with greg van alst mark why don't we go into our picks it'll be the xfinity series and cup series for phoenix Remember, they have that new package starting here at Phoenix, so could be a little bit of a wild card to see what we're going to get with that new package. Hopefully the shorter track package and the road course package that get applied here will uh, do better than it did last year. I'm hopeful for that. Yeah, well, let's hope for uh, an exciting Phoenix so it'll give us something to look forward to in November. Yes, yes, for sure, because that one's been uh, a struggle the last few years as well. Um, all right, for picks, I'll go first with the Xfinity Series since – or actually, you go first with the Xfinity Series because I had Kyle Busch, you had Josh Berry, and I, I barely beat you there. You know, and Kyle Busch is coming back for a second run, you know, and I haven't picked him in the Xfinity Series yet. So, uh, 
why not? I'm going to use Kyle Busch at, at Phoenix in the Xfinity race. Obviously a good pick. Anytime you can get Kyle Busch in the lower series, you know you're going to be in the running. Um, I'm going to go with someone who does really, really well there as well. I'm going to go with Justin Allgaier. Um, that's, uh, that's the guy I was eyeing up all week. And last year's Phoenix winner was uh, Noah Gregson, who uh, will not be in the field this year. Yeah, he'll be in the cup race. We'll see how he performs in, in that series. <laughs> yep. Uh, in the cup series, I'll go first since you beat me in that one. Uh, last year's Phoenix winner for the cup series was Chase Briscoe. So there's a Ford. Does a short packet, short track package that they imply. Uh, get the Fords back running well this week. We'll see. I will go with. Hold William Byron to go back and back, back to you're back. Going to, you're, going back Byron. you're going back to back with Hendrick, huh? With the twenty-four. Yep, huh. I'll go. Byron ran well there last year too. So, and he's been running more. Not that Phoenix is a short track, but he's been running more short tracks, and this is uh, an intermediate uh, in between a short short track and a and a mile and a half. So, I'm going to go with William Byron. I think he'll mm -hmm. perform well again. All right, I think I got a guy that could just might get in front of him and beat you, beat you to the line there. How about a big dose of Ross Chastain for you? We'll we'll run him at Phoenix and we'll see where that goes. That was my second pick. I I almost pulled the trigger on him. Uh, I I went with Byron. That's a that's a very good pick. Ross Chastain, of course, finished second in the fall. He was uh, maybe second in the spring too. He was top five in the spring for sure. Do you know the last eight races at Phoenix, we've had eight different winners. So so we'll see where that goes, too. So uh, weather looks great in Phoenix, man. I already did a weather check. Looks all nice and uh, chain of commerce day out there, you know. That's what it sounds like, low 80s and beautiful out there. Hey, you let's can't go. ask for hey, let's, go. let's jump a plane and go out there. <laughs> Maybe in the fall for championship weekend. We'll see. Yeah, we'll go hang out on Rattlesnake Hill. I'd like to do that. Hell yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> All right, well, uh, before we wrap this up, let's hear from uh, Greg Van Elsen, and then we'll recap everything. All right. Well, let's go to the hotline for the second time in this podcast here. We're talking with ARCA Daytona winner, Greg Van Elsen. Greg, thanks for joining us. How are you doing? Oh, pretty good. Just uh, watching the miles. Uh, on your way to Phoenix, like you said, hey, congratulations on that big Daytona win. Uh, incredible by you and your team. Uh, you had a great post-race interview there. Guys like you aren't supposed to do that. This is for all the short track racers that don't think they can get to this level. Uh, what an awesome thing to think about after you won one of the biggest races of your career. Yeah, you get me in a moment like that and stick a microphone in my face. You never know what's going to turn out. And uh, the only thing I could think of was don't cuss. It's <laughs> so um, but yeah, it's uh, man. I just kind of pictured like 
you know, I, I've been doing this. I've been racing for 26 years. The majority of my racing career, I just dreamed of being at that level. I kind of, I was coming down the back stretch and just been disbelieved. And uh, just kind of thought of the guy that I used to be, right? The guy that was just in my garage, working on my car, um, you know, with the race on during speed weeks, just thinking, man, if I've only ever had that opportunity, you know, I got out. It was just, just surreal. You said in one of your interviews here, uh, GMS, Rev Racing, Venturini, Gibbs have all helped your smaller team. That caught me off guard a little bit. I think that's really, really cool, and it says a lot about the Arkham Menard series. Yeah, they, uh, you know, they're not out there, like, you know, writing us checks or giving us parts and pieces. It's, it's what the people of those organizations will do, right? Um, I got a lot of their phone numbers. Uh, we talked to them, um, you know, for different things, right? Uh, you know, the Venturini's help us with our gears, help us with uh, the logistics of getting our crew chief to the racetracks. Chad Bryant is with GMS, and that's who I bought uh, all of our equipment from. Uh, so, you know, if there was something on the car that I needed to figure out how it needed to be built or repairing it or whatever, I could pick up the phone and call any of his guys. Uh, you know, it, the Rev Racing guys, they gave me a uh, they gave me a fire extinguisher last year. And on the way to Toledo, one of the hub berries on my trailer caught fire. And had I not had that fire extinguisher, my trailer would have burned to the ground, you know? And uh, it's just little things like that that, you know, they don't have to do, but they do. So uh, the Arthur Garage uh, is a family. Uh, you know, don't get me wrong. I mean, we're competitive, right? I mean, it's, a, it's a competitive garage. Uh, but, uh, you know, they're, they're all out there to, to, to race. And, and, you know, at the end of the day, they... They know that they're in these with each other for next weekend. So lots of, lots of respect. Hey, Greg, you're on your way to Phoenix. You got to get the car ready for Phoenix. How much turnover is there from Daytona to Phoenix? Uh, it's two totally different cars. Um, our, our Phoenix car, when we got back from Daytona, didn't have front suspension, didn't have a doghouse on it, no engine, no transmission, no seat, no fire models, no fuel cell. Um, it was sitting there is basically a, uh, a bare frame with a body and a rear engine. So, um, we worked our tails off to get it done. I feel pretty confident we're going to be better than we were there last year. Um, but, uh, we'll find out pretty, pretty early on Friday in practice. <laughs> hey, how was that, uh, kiss from Big Bill Venturini? <laughs> Uh, piggybacking off with some things here, your outlook on racing is something that really caught my ear. 
you don't view it as David versus Goliath necessarily or rich kids or rich people against you or anything like that. You view it as simply racing, and no matter what you're going to, try to get by them, and that doesn't even enter your mind while you're on the track. I think sometimes that's unique, especially in today's world. Racing is a mental game more than anything, and you know I think a lot of people are are deep before they ever leave the garage if they think that the quote unquote rich kid just because he's got more money than them's gonna outrun right? I mean, uh, you know, it's, and it doesn't necessarily mean that. I mean, it, it, it's it's funny. I'm gonna use something that that we go back with four minutes, right? Um, I refused to buy my kids brand new Corvette when we started racing. Absolutely refused to. And my boy was five years old and broke the track record and won all the time. And we were racing against parents that had brand new cars. I mean, it's, and they were they were getting frustrated. We got accused of cheating and everything else. And it's not. It wasn't ever about the money. Now, here's what I'll tell you. We we looked like we had a lot of money because I took my late model truck and trailer, right? So it looked like we had a lot of money. But I refused to spend money on my boy's stuff because it's like, I just wanted him to be out there. I didn't want him to have the best equipment. I just wanted him to be out there because at the end of the day, a trophy of five years old is not going not gonna to get you know a cup teeth to sign you. And uh, we we would we would show up every six eight weeks and and we could win races and uh, it's not always about the money but the the, the thing that you can't buy in racing um, and I'll use that term can't buy lightly the thing that you can't buy in racing is experience. And if I had my career to go back and do over, there is a lot of parts and pieces that I wouldn't have bought, but I would have paid a crew chief that had the knowledge to use the parts and pieces to make the car fast. I would have said that. Racing is a people sport. And if you can get the right people around you, they can make the oldest parts and pieces fast. They can make outdated parts and pieces fast. And, uh, you know, so when 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 uh, a lot of people start thinking that racing's about the money, don't get me wrong, it's an expensive sport. But uh, I think a lot of people piece themselves mentally. And it's just the simple fact that they may not know uh, what, what they're doing with the parts and pieces that they got. I mean, uh, when we when we bought our, our uh, first super late model in 2019, you know, I'd been racing, what, 22 years at that point, whatever it is, 21, 22 years. And, um, you know, we put it together and we kind of struggled. And, and we were frustrated because it's like we just spent all this money on a brand new car and we didn't get any better. Well, I'm talking to the, to the, to the chassis builder and he's like, something that was so obvious to him i didn't know and he's like you didn't you didn't know that I'm like no i've never had a new car before didn't know i needed this and that you know and, and whatever it was it was something to do with the way we set the wedge bolts in and stuff and you know 
we we went to, to the first race after setting the wet bolts the way that he told us we were supposed to do it. And it was like, oh, light bulb, you know? And I'd been racing for 21 years. So a lot of times you just don't know what you don't know. And sometimes it's not about the moment. It's, it's about spending that time in the garage and researching, asking the right questions, getting the right people around you to... To, to help you and to, to gain that knowledge. And a lot of times that knowledge in racing comes free because everybody in the sport is passionate about it. And uh, sometimes, something we know you wrong, you have those guys that are, you know, they're not willing to give you anything. But a lot of times, uh, people in racing are, are some of the coolest people out there and, and they'll, they'll tell you what's going to you mentioned a couple of things there. One I want to uh, get back on is when you first started, uh, you started with some success, but then stepped back a few years and formed a business, uh, Top Choice Chance uh, Fencing, excuse me. You just weren't having fun with racing. You got into dirt cars a little bit. You flipped. You got concussed, and we're just done with racing. Talk about your fence business and that decision to step back. I mean, it's just I was spending more money than it's rewarding me for, you know. I, uh, I was, we were newly married, my wife and I, we had a new baby. And, you know, I was going to the racetrack and I stopped. I mean, you know, absolutely terrible. And uh, uh, again, I thought it was because I didn't have enough money. And it was really just, we didn't, we didn't know what we were doing. And, uh, so I decided to step away and then started the fence company. Um, got a couple of years into that and decided that I was going to get back into racing. And, and uh, I bought a go kart and again was terrible. And uh, <laughs> I thought for sure, that, you know, uh, maybe this ain't really for me. But then I got rid of the go kart. I'm six three, so like go karts are not for big guys, right? And uh, I, I kind of made the move and bought a modified uh, pavement modified. And I hadn't been in a pavement modified for a pavement car. Uh, at the time, I think I hadn't raced anything in like six years. And we qualified fourth and won the fast heat. And I think I was like second or third in the feature that night. And I hadn't been in anything in a while. And it's just like, oh, huh. So that's where, you know, things started changing because uh, what I did learn when I moved to Florida and worked alongside Eddie Grand, I, I learned so much about race cars. I learned some things that I was doing wrong and, uh, you know, I just learned to slow down and, and make sure things were right. You know, don't, don't focus on just getting to the racetrack. Make sure when you go to the racetrack, it's right. In 2014, you won the CRA Late Model Sportsman Series, uh, a great accomplishment. And then in 2019, you won the ARCA CRA Super Series. You were counted out many times, doubted. You talked about hearing things over the PA speakers, even during the final race there. Uh, what an accomplishment. Yeah, I appreciate that. In, in 2019, we kind of struggled. That was when we got the new car and... And, uh, you know, we weren't expected to win the championship. Um, 
but the way the CRA Super Series was structured with the chase, uh, we raced our way into the top four and then uh, put everything we had into Winchester. We went and tested, um, just spent countless hours making sure the car was right, making sure that everything on it was 100%. And uh, so it's a race with a lot of attrition. Uh, and uh, the, uh, the the competitors that we were racing, um, you know, I don't, I don't know what issues they had, but it came down to like the last 11 laps or something like that. Uh, we had to race straight up. Uh, to the guy that was expected to win the championship, and um, we were we were able to beat him on the racetrack. And uh, you know that, that that was that was I'm not gonna lie, that's one of the things that's made this Daytona win so enjoyable. Was that's a huge accomplishment to win you know a series like that's championship, and you know you 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 try not to, but you're human so you go on social media and you're scrolling through and and you're getting congratulations but then in every congratulation there's you know there's there's another person well but he really shouldn't have wanted if the points was this way he wouldn't want it and i mean it was even people that like i considered friends and it's like i'm i'm sorry that we played by the rules and you know went after it the way we went after it and was able to win the championship and uh you know winning at daytona not only kind of i don't know just sticks all those people but the way we did it there was zero controversy so like it's been really enjoyable because i'm not gonna lie for Several weeks after winning the late medal championship, I wasn't in a wasn't in the best mental state for somebody that just won the championship. I was kind of down on it. Um, yeah, it was exciting, uh, but just to walk, look at all the comments on social media. So, you know, this this uh, the accomplishment of winning Daytona has been a, a totally different experience and in a very good way. That's so awesome. Uh, sorry that you had to deal with that, uh, the negative noise. Sometimes social media can, can be the best of times and the worst of times. That's just today's world, I suppose. But in in 2020, you tested an ARCA car for the first time. When did you realize that you wanted to start your own ARCA team? When I got to Daytona. <laughs> Before I ever hit the race. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, man, I got there. And it was just... I don't know. The best way that I can explain is like similar feeling when you are a kid or something and you walk into Disney World, right? It's just like the place is magical. And I don't even know if that's the right word, but um, you, know, you go through the tunnel and, and uh, you know, that, that particular day I went through the tunnel. I was by myself. My wife and kids stayed back at the campsite and uh, get out of the car and it's just this magical feel, this feel that I cannot describe, just gives you chills. You just know of the history. Anybody that's everybody in stock car racing has, has raced there. And, uh, you know, I was like, man, it'd be so awesome to race here. 
And at that point, I wasn't getting on the tracks for another, you know, 24 hours or so. And, uh, man, once that test was over, it was, it was, uh, it was a, I don't even know how to describe it. I, I want to say an addiction, but that's probably not the right word. In 2021, you ran part-time with the Arkham Menard Series. Uh, you ran second at Winchester to Ty Gibbs, of all people. Um, talk about that experience and finishing second in what would be your home track with that series. Yeah, I'd like to have that race back. Um, we knew we were good. Uh, we just didn't have short run speed that night, and uh, we had good long run speed, and uh, that was when Ty and Corey uh, Hyde, you know, they couldn't go a race without touching each other. So we kind of knew that at some point they were going to run into each other. And, and uh, so we just kind of saved tires. Everything played right into our favor. They they get together with three to go or four to go or something like that. And uh, creates a two or three lap run to finish. And I had just ran the week before I had just ran the Red Bus 400 and the shift points on the transmission engine RPM was different. And I kind of, I guess, had a had a lack of uh, brain uh, capacity there or something. Got, got, let the, let the, the, uh, the fact that I was running second or whatever at Winchester in an Arthur race get to me. It's, and uh, we come to the come coming rolling through three and four, coming to green, and you know I get I'm in second gear. I come out of second gear, go to third gear, and I carry third gear too long to hit the red chip. And uh, I think had I shifted, you know, right before the red chip hit, I think I would have. Uh, well, I know what I would have done going into war. And uh, time may not like it, but. Uh, I think the results are a little bit different. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's that's good. That's all part of racing, right? Using the bumper when you when you have to a little bit. Uh, you decided to go full time in 2022. Uh, had some decent runs: fifth at Charlotte, eleven top tens. You scratch and clawed like you have your whole life, been determined to make this work. Uh, and I think the 2022 really showed that with you finishing fifth in points. Expect was how hard the summer months were going to get. Um, you know, it's uh, there's like eight races that are like I think it's like eight races, five or six weeks, and man, that was brutal. It set us back. Uh, we just couldn't ever really get ahead last year. Um, we're not where we would like to be going into this year, but um, uh, after Phoenix here, we we got a plan to. Get a couple of our cars done. Hopefully, get us ready and set up for that point of the summer. Um, but uh, yeah, it's just a scratch and fall kind of year. And uh, yeah, you know, we're taking uh, we're taking our short track car uh, here to Phoenix, and that's the car that was. Uh, I think we got like six or seven safe place finishes or something like that with this car last year. So. Uh, you know, you know the car really well, and you think you've got it a little better going into it. 
you're still looking for some funding and may have to miss even a race or two this season, which would be super unfortunate. Um, you do have a main sponsor. Uh, talk to us about them. And then also, uh, you have an incredible story. I think companies should be looking into this. How can they get a hold of you? So CD Fabricating is on board again this year. Um, it, it's it's no different than any other um, race team that has multiple sponsors, right? This day and age, it's best for companies to fund a, a deal fully. Um, we I went off of a philosophy last year that if somebody's helping you, you you give them the world. And uh, we had a couple companies tell us last this past winter that it looked like we were fully funded so we're kind of taking a different approach um cb's um like family and uh you know very major role in our team and um you know he's always actively talking to his customers and people he knows about sponsorships so we we created a website called sponsorteam35.com and basically just putting it out there what we are looking for for sponsors to have. Uh, I've got a, a page, a web page that I do that with my pension. And you eliminate a lot of tire kickers and you get people that are serious. Uh, you get to talk to them people uh, because it, it's, to me it's very similar. Somebody talks about a fence and, and you, get a, you get this whole story and you know, you're, you're busy. And, and I'm not trying to make it sound rude, but, you know, you might miss the opportunity of someone that's actually interested in purchasing a thing. So I kind of took that philosophy uh, and just kind of laying it out there. Like, hey, this is what we're looking for. Um, companies can look at it. People can look at it. And, and, and so far, uh, what it has done for us is we have a, uh, a B-Pillar sponsorship of $250. And... That's been pretty popular. Um, just with those sponsors, I think our fuel going to Phoenix is going to end up getting paid for. So, um, you know, every little bit like that helps. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, CB, uh, he's going to be on board uh, as a primary sponsor for, for multiple races this year. And then uh, where he's not the primary, um, if we don't have something, we'll run the sponsorteam35.com logos. Mark did uh, a bunch of research on your company, um, Top Choice Fencing. We mentioned that earlier. He even found out that you do some work for the government, the Navy, and even the Indianapolis Colts. Talk to us a little bit more about that. Yeah, so we are a full-service fence company. and We do everything from residential backyards to, to big commercial stuff. Uh, uh, we've, we've done work for the Colts. We've done work for some military institutions. Uh, so we we, uh, we can do just about anything. If it has anything to do with the things, we do it. I have a different philosophy on life, and I think it's because of the way that I started my business. Um, you know, kind of going back, um, I started it because I was broke. And I don't mean like, oh, you know, kind of kind of broke. I mean, like, I had $50 in my second account. My next paycheck was two weeks with, like I said, a wife and a new baby. And um, I started it with a hammer and a pair of muscle babies. And, um, you know, I've had 
had some great people work for me through the years and let's build it into what it is today. You mentioned your, your family there got four kids. Um, how involved are they in, in racing in, in general? And then uh, how involved, how much do they get to travel with you? Um, they don't travel with me as much as I would like for them to. Um, I think that's going to change. So my, my boys were into baseball, so a lot of their Saturdays were taken. But I think they're past the – sports uh we started out uh when my my oldest son was four and a half racing i kind of got away from his racing and got into just doing sports baseball football things like that wrestling um i think this year he's he's done with all that he's he's racing legend cars uh, my youngest boy i think we're gonna try to get him a, a go-kart and uh, try to do some stuff with him but i really would like to have a try my daughters uh, i got one that's heavily um, dedicated to ballet i'm gonna say that she's probably got the passion for ballet like i have the passion for racing <laughs> and it's it's cool to see um because she's like dreaming of being um uh a ballet swimmer and uh I don't quite understand it. I don't know where she can go with it, but you know, I fully support her. And then uh, uh, my uh, my second daughter, Eliza, uh, she's in the in the band, the drama, and, and things like that. So um, they keep my wife busy, and uh, I couldn't do all this without my wife. She's she's the the rock of our family, and uh, when I leave, I mean, she's got four kids and she's got to run here there and everywhere and um, most of the time you know that doesn't have help from anybody well i wanted to ask you about anderson a little bit but we can get into that next time we kept you long enough here uh we appreciate the time like i said prior you have an incredible story i hope to see some more sponsorship come for you and look forward to seeing uh how your year goes in the arkham and series and uh Hey, we'll see you at Milwaukee this year as well. Yeah, sounds good. Um, good to and, uh, let's see if we can get back on here. All right. I appreciate it, Greg. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Good luck, Greg. Safe travels, man. I know this is going to be a longer episode, Mark, but I tell you what, hearing from Derek, like we talked about earlier, was awesome. Greg Van Alst has an incredible story. He's talking to us while traveling out to Phoenix there. Um, thank you to both of them for joining us. I can't wait to see what happens out at Phoenix this weekend, what happens with the both of them. Hopefully Derek can run more. Hopefully Greg can make the whole season. Look up the website that he set on there. And, uh, if you can help out, that would be great because I think, uh, I think he's got an incredible story. It sounds like he's a, a great person, a great racer and from the Midwest. So, uh, this was this was awesome again, man. Hey, everywhere you look, it's always the underdog. He's the underdog, and uh, hey, awesome. He's traveling, dude, talking to us. A lot of, lot of back feed, you know, kind of hard to hear from tower to tower. But he's he's traveling to Phoenix and gonna go out there and hey, let's see what he could do this week, man. Yeah, and with all his troubles last year, he finished fifth in points, like we we stated. Um, so incredible season last year. Now he starts off with the win, so maybe he can build some momentum here and have a good season. 
For sure, for sure. So, yeah, I'll be tuning in. FS2 is the ARCA race on Friday night. So just because the trucks are down, ARCA race is racing Friday night. So there's some racing to be watched. And, you know, the other thing that caught my attention is that bearing went out, and luckily he had that fire extinguisher, extinguisher easy for me to say, on, on board there. Otherwise, his trailer would have melted, and for a smaller team, uh, that would have been catastrophic. Yeah, that's devastating. That would be, yeah, if <laughs> you burn up all your equipment. So, Yeah, no doubt. And, uh, you know, the other thing you were talking about, underdog, he doesn't view it that way, which uh, in today's day and world you hear a, a lot of it going the other way, but I think that's a cool outlook to have. But, you know, he's he grew up at Anderson, and, and my God, he runs Winchester, dude. <laughs> if you can run at Winchester, man, you're, uh, you, you've got the stuff to be a race car driver. Yeah, what does that sign say? I know you wanted to talk to him about it, but it was tough. Yeah, it's, it says, through these gates past the bravest drivers in the world. You know, in 2013, he had a wreck there. He ended up with a neck fusion, knocked him out for a little while. So, uh, yeah, so we, we were at Winchester a few years back, and oh, my God, it's just like, yeah, you got to have balls to race there, man. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah, it, it's crazy. I, I can't wait to go back there. That's a place you see and your jaw hits the floor. And just like, yeah, and um, I, I could see ourselves going back. It reminds you of the old, big old mat, uh, Mattel uh, matchbox cars. <laughs> you know, that, that racetrack, how it's got such a tilt to it, and round and round and round they go, and it's it's amazing, amazing uh, facility down there in Indiana. Absolutely. And Anderson is on our bucket list, too, so maybe we'll have him back on, talk a little bit about that. Um, I'm hoping to make that sometime soon. Yep, it's uh, it's on the back burner, and uh, I'm putting feelers out, and it's it's a possibility for me this this summer. I'm think just thinking seriously about going down there. Sure, yeah, that's uh, they call it the fastest quarter mile. Now we know up here at Slinger, it's called the same thing. So be interesting to compare the the two tracks in person. Apples and oranges, right? Well, yep. <laughs> could could be, yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, thanks, Mark, for for joining me again. Thanks to Derek and Greg once again. That was awesome. Uh, looking forward to doing this more. We have some more feelers out. We'll hear from Ty after Atlanta. And we'll see if we can get Luke Fenhouse on. I think we're trying to figure out a day and time that's going to work for us. We'll see if we can have him on next week. Otherwise, we'll recap the uh, recap the awesome weekend coming up here at uh, Phoenix. Yep, weather looks good, man. So we're all we're all in on Phoenix, ready to go Friday night with the uh, Arca race. Awesome. Well, uh, thanks again, and hey, we'll talk to you soon. See you later, man. See ya. This has been a production of Lore Sports. Hope you all enjoyed it, and thank you for listening. <laughs>